Hello and welcome to the latest Employment Law podcast from the Stevenson Harvard Employment Team. Don't forget that you can subscribe to the whole series on iTunes, Stitcher or by visiting our website www.shlegal.com. My name is Natalie Edwards and I am an associate in the employment team. With me today is Paul Reeves, a partner and head of our employment team. In this podcast, we'll be discussing matters employers need to consider when managing performance remotely. Many employers have had employees working from home for over a year now. That means at least one annual performance review period is likely to have arisen, a vital check-in point for employees, as well as multiple opportunities for less formal feedback, which is a good opportunity to find out how employees are coping with the unprecedented pressures of the pandemic. Proactive performance management is key, and employers should not be waiting for a return to the office environment to address any performance issues. Paul, can you explain some of the consequences of remote management? A lot of what you did when in the office still applies now, even during lockdown. Difficulty is being able to identify poor performance when you're not having those regular day-to-day catch-ups or the day-to-day contact with your staff. And are the issues that you're experiencing, are they down to performance or are there external factors that may be impacting performance? You still need to have measurable objectives and goals, and these need to be relevant to what we're facing in lockdown. So goals that you may have set previously may need to be finessed. As ever, you need to identify and address any of the issues as early as possible so that appropriate support can be given if needed and to give the individual time to adjust their performance and improve to the levels required. Providing regular feedback is still a key element to any performance management, whether in the office or lockdown. The difficulty now is how is it delivered when normally in a face-to-face scenario, you'd be able to deliver it quite quickly and informally. Now there seems to be an element of formality to either calls or video calls. And so getting that balance right can be key. Individuals can become defensive when giving constructive feedback. And we are seeing a number of retaliatory grievances towards line managers who deliver that difficult message. But that shouldn't stop you from picking individuals up where performance has fallen below the levels required. We're aware that individuals are more concerned about their job prospects, which may also lead to the individual being defensive, but the regular contact and not leaving feedback too long before it's given should alleviate some of those concerns. We've also seen examples where individuals have raised flexible working requests or have raised whistleblowing complaints during these regular catch-ups. And so it's vital for you as a line manager to be able to spot and identify these so that the appropriate process can be followed. Yeah, having to call somebody, even for a casual conversation, can definitely feel more formal than it used to grabbing a couple of minutes in the office. We've definitely been alive to that from our clients. As you say, diarising regular catch-ups for any discussion ensures that there's obviously that ongoing dialogue, making that a bit easier. And we can talk about communication styles and tone in more detail later on, but Let's first consider reasons that performance might be dipping below expectations, even where obviously the same attention to detail and commitment to work is required as pre-lockdown. That's right. We're a long way into lockdown now. And so those initial teething problems that may have been experienced last April onwards um, have hopefully now passed. However, we're still seeing other issues which make working from home more difficult. For example, people don't have the same level of equipment, same quality of equipment. They've got a number of issues, particularly where they're sharing their living space. They they may end up having to do their work from their bedroom or may not necessarily have a, a suitable desk space. In addition to which, people don't have or may not have access to printers, et cetera, or the Wi-Fi connection 
may have a detrimental impact. So all of these need to be taken into consideration when assessing a person's performance because they haven't got the luxury of what they may have had when they were in the workplace. And so some allowance needs to be given for that. That's right. And as time has gone on, we've all got used to this new way of working and then employees may now be working more independently without supervision and managerial support. This may have led to employees being overwhelmed with some taking on a greater share of the workload than others and others struggling with the boundaries between work and personal life. So shutting down work and turning to home life. Mental health has also been an area of concern throughout the pandemic and should be considered when obviously monitoring employee performance. Absolutely, Natalie. This hasn't been helped by the current situation. This last year has been a tough and isolating experience for many. Employees are missing the informal social social interaction of an office setting and the togetherness of physically working side by side where they can bounce ideas off each other. This has made a number of employees feel less like they belong to an organisation or to a team. So it's vital that that regular contact helps bridge the gap between the two. There may also be personal issues that individuals have experienced, such as illness to themselves or a loved one, or the loss of a loved one. And so that needs to be factored in by line managers when assessing people's performance, just as it would be if you were in the office. Lockdown hasn't changed that awareness. Finally, you also need to factor in the impact that childcare has had on a number of your employees. Trying to juggle work and homeschooling can be particularly difficult, particularly where the natural support from either family or the school has resulted in some parents having to tag team with some working in the morning, some working in the afternoon. And again, employers need to be flexible to this and be mindful of it when assessing an individual's performance with the multiple demands on their time. Yeah, I've had experience of it myself. I've been fortunate as my daughter's young and nurseries have remained open, but there obviously have been periods where she's had to self-isolate um, as a result of positive COVID tests in the nursery, which means balancing work and childcare commitments in a house that doesn't necessarily have dedicated space for uninterrupted home working together with childcare. And on that, studies show that women have been adversely impacted by pandemic remote working and are more likely to be interrupted during paid work than men. Poor management of these issues from an employer could expose them to claims of both direct and indirect sex discrimination claims. Let's now discuss some tips for remote performance management. So now managers understand the common challenges that we've discussed that make remote working especially demanding. How can they then ensure that these don't become a bigger issue and that they are providing the necessary support? I think one of the key bits on that, Natalie, is that the frequency that you touched upon earlier, uh, frequency of contact should be increased, whether these are just regular catch-ups once a week, every other week. But maintaining that necessary level of contact is vital in this particular area and not just contact with certain individuals. You need to ensure that that contact is across the whole team. That might need you to divide up amongst the leadership team of the managers who is going to carry out the contact so that individuals get greater exposure to all managers and no one falls between the cracks or it goes too long before an individual is actually contacted. Having the regular catch-ups is vitally important and the objectives that you set last year may not still be relevant. So using these catch-ups to finesse or adjust those objectives so they remain relevant is vital in the current circumstances and not leaving it to the end of the year appraisal to deliver the news that the individual hasn't hit the objectives that they were required to achieve. There's also the knock-on impact that lockdown has had on career progression. Top talent want to be reassured that their career is still on track which is only natural, but it's also important that 
you keep the career development programs that you have running, whether these are virtual or not, so that your top talent don't become demoralised or disengaged in any way. Yeah, and probationary period should also be considered here. So hiring is obviously still happening, but it's more difficult in certain sectors to monitor how new employees are becoming inter- integrated into the workforce. New employees should be supported to give them the best start, but also proactively managed at the end of their probationary period. Now, that means employers relying on the right to extend the initial probationary period if they haven't been able to properly assess performance. And in addition, we recommend that employers act in accordance with the terms of the probation at all times, ensuring clear communication on whether employees have passed their probationary period. And that avoids employees assuming that they've successfully completed this because the review was missed and therefore thinking that they're entitled to the longer notice period than they are the shorter notice period that applies during probation. That's absolutely right, Natalie. A final consideration for performance management is the impact on remote working has had on bonuses. So this links into the point I was making earlier about objectives and targets being realistic and still relevant in the the lockdown era. You do need to ensure that the bonus criteria that you've set is still relevant and applicable. And if it isn't, again, this needs to be updated so that individuals have a chance to achieve the targets that are being set for them. Bonuses that are based on the amount of work undertaken may overlook some employees, predominantly female, who have had to take on additional childcare responsibilities. And so that needs to be factored in when we're making assessments in the coming months with regard to any bonus or incentive payments that are being made. You need to tread carefully here to ensure that you avoid any indirect discrimination claims or unequal treatment among employees. Yeah, absolutely right. Uh, Let's talk next then about how managers can adapt their communication skills and tone for remote working. Communication is an obvious challenge when managing remote employees. How can managers replicate that informal coffee, quick in-office chats or hallway conversations, which can often preempt work issues escalating? With the absence of the usual check-ins, conversations and supervision that naturally take place in the workplace uh, may make employees feel out of touch with their managers, unable to confidently raise concerns or to suggest improvements. I think the the answer to this, Natalie, we've we've touched on a little bit earlier, is this facilitating regular and structured check-ins, primarily over the use of video calls. We've had examples of some clients where individuals have met up for a walk and a talk when restrictions permitted this. Finding alternative ways to ensure that that level of contact with your team is maintained is vital. The structured check-ins, particularly with video calls, enables you to pick up on some of those visual cues that you would have done through a face-to-face meeting, especially for something that's maybe a sensitive conversation. Important feature is that the calls are frequent, predictable, and a regular point of contact, and that they enable the employees to also raise issues or concerns. It shouldn't just be a one-way street of conversations from the line manager downwards. As we've talked about earlier, making sure that you divide up the team so that all members of the team have contact and it doesn't fall on the shoulders of one line manager to maintain this regular level of contact. Because to do so, inevitably, someone will be missed out and and that'll be the the, the one where the the issue arises. Use multiple channels of collaboration and, and establish norms to drive greater engagement levels. Speak to your staff, find out how best they want to be engaged with or communicated with. And when you don't have enough face-to-face communication, it can be difficult to sense intended messages. And therefore, we'd advise against using email as the sole medium for giving feedback. It's harder to understand a message, the tone of a message when it's only written and where there is no prior in-person or prior warning of what is coming along. And we've definitely seen that, which has led, as the point I was talking about earlier, which has led to some form of grievances or 
disputes within the working team that has had an adverse impact on the relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Managers need to consider how their messages land without any of the non-verbal cues, especially with you're talking about junior employees who might receive a brusque email because the manager's busy, but is interpreted in a different way. I think that's right, Natalie. And I, th- I think you've also got the added difficulty, which we haven't touched on yet, but the, the added difficulty of onboarding people uh, within your team. You, you often find it, it's much easier once you're in the workplace when a, a new hire joins. But where you've got new hires joining during lockdown, they're not going to have that necessary integration and building up those relationships as quickly as they would do when in the office. So be mindful of that as well, because that can have an impact with regard to people's performance and how they start off their career, how they gauge their interactions with colleagues and that they'd be able to do much easier when they were in the workplace. So giving that help and support for new joiners is also vital. Yeah, absolutely right. The final area we're going to discuss is the thin line between monitoring employee performance and privacy. Managers might be concerned and even frustrated that they've lost the constant visibility they once had over their employees. Working remotely has meant a use of video calls has evolved, which allows face-to-face meetings. However, not all employees are happy to turn their camera on, feeling that it's too invasive. And there might be legitimate reasons for this. For example, in personal circumstances, taking a break, or they're just generally being a mess behind your camera. But this will rarely be appropriate for every call and formality shouldn't be entirely lost in remote working. In addition, there might be occasions where confidential client names are being shared, for example, during appraisals. And it's key to ensure that non-employees aren't listening in or that you're taking a call in the right environment. So it wouldn't be appropriate to take a call whilst out walking, especially if the call is to discuss a sensitive matter or requires reviewing documents. Yeah, I think that's right, Natalie, that getting that balance right. We've we've seen a lot with employers wanting to be progressive and supportive to employees uh, and giving employees a bit more latitude than maybe would be the case in the office. But that needs to still maintain levels of professionalism. Uh, and, and the point you make there about taking calls at the, the appropriate time and in the appropriate space is a key issue. That's led us to have a number of questions from clients about the use of surveillance technology to monitor employees and their productivity. Employers must consider privacy issues and carry out a data protection impact assessment before implementing any monitoring system. It must be considered whether the reasons for monitoring employees can justify the intrusion into an individual's private life and whether an alternative, less invasive method could achieve the same objective. Employers should resist the urge to micromanage. This risks employees' well-being and the employee engagement levels and what are already becoming very stressful circumstances. There's also going to be a large amount of resentment if employees feel they're being spied upon. But balance against that, the need in certain circumstances for all individuals to have their cameras on so that you know that there is engagement as you would have if it was a face-to-face meeting. That brings us to the end of this month's podcast. The key message here is that engagement and updates is even more vital in the current lockdown to performance management. Please do get in touch with us if you have any questions on anything covered in today's podcast or on any other related topics. Thank you for listening and we hope you continue to stay safe.